0: There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
2: we broke out Trevor Lawrence. I was like one of the only negatives I got for the guy is the long hair.
1: Given the fact that you're that you're buzzed like a peach, I would say that there's some truth in your humor. Oh, there might be. There was a time and a place where I used to let my hair
2: grow out and do whatever. Too.
1: <laughs>
2: Man, that, uh, that's a good picture for
1: a you, day you- that has the date of four twenty. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's an actual photo of later today when Chris puts on a wig that he keeps around his house so the neighbors don't realize he's the stoner out
2: back (laughs) right (laughs) hey man I don't know where the owner of this house is man sorry
1: There is a certain Mr. Potato Head quality to that image where it looks like the hair just pops off Yes. and you put it in the box and then you pop on the lips, you pop on the nose, you pop on the ears. You are Potato Head.
2: Uh, thank you. I appreciate that compliment. <laughs> I do have a big Potato Head. There's no doubt about that. It's not so much big and fat of a head. It's a long head. I always had one of the bigger helmets on the football team, Mike. So thank you for that. I appreciate that.
1: That's hey, Listen, well, the first time I met you, that's what really stuck out. And, and any time <laughs> you meet a guy that played quarterback in the NFL, other than Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, it is stunning yeah. how big you guys are. I right. remember the first time I met Boomer Esiason and right. Dan Marino, same right. Super Bowl. It's like, holy crap. What beanstalk did you come down from? But uh, same yeah. thing with you. But yes, giant head, when, when I am washing potatoes for my next uh, steak fry, I will be looking for a potato. That is shaped like your head, and I'll sell it on eBay. Okay, that's great. I like it. Make sure you give it the same haircut I got too. Okay, so we look the same. <laughs> doesn't oh. take much work. No, it doesn't, doesn't. take much Quick work. Little
2: buzz, you'll be good to go. Um, what do you what are you doing later today? Four twenty. Anything? Nothing. Uh, nothing? No. Oh, I oh, thought you were no. cheating, chonging it later. I just wanted to make no, sure. No. Okay.
1: <laughs> we, we we do have a draft coming up that's inspired by four twenty. Oh, we, did we we'll explain later? The draft is just, you know, we always do the draft and we do a draft every day. So anyway, but we have a draft that's based on 420. Trust me on that. It's coming up. Uh, the Ravens very much need the draft because that's the only way they can get receivers. We said earlier, we want volunteers, not hostages. The Mike Tomlin line at the receiver position, the Ravens only choices are hostages like Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin a couple of years ago or Sammy Watkins, who frankly didn't have many other options. Juju Smith-Schuster, more money in Baltimore. No, thank you. I want to go to a team that actually throws the football. Here's Eric DeCosta, the GM of the Ravens. A little salty, a little feisty about the disrespect that has been shown to his team's receivers
0: but we want to have good players at every position you know i'm aware that there's some fan discontent with our wide receivers and our drafting and all that i mean but in in general i look at our record and how we win games and how we play football and i'm proud of the team i know coach is proud i know joe is proud so we've got some really good young receivers it's insulting to these guys when they hear that we don't have any receivers it's quite insulting I'm insulted by it too, to be honest. So, I think we've got some guys that want to show everybody what they can do.
1: Putting the chip on the shoulder—that's the Here plan. You go. He's ready. Get He's you guys Super Bowl. <laughs> start. Start. Just agitating, getting those guys to show up for off-season workouts first and foremost, so they can get better and stick it to everyone. I kind of like that approach. And I, I look, we we know. Everyone knows. And it's not a Lamar Jackson indictment. It's an offense. The offense doesn't use the receivers. Why do it when you can run the ball so well? That's the the challenge. We know how to run the ball. We run the ball well. Why put the ball in the air if we don't have to? Well, meanwhile, you can't find guys to play receiver. you got to draft them. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: listen, I understand Eric DaCosta being mad about that and all of that, right? I mean, it is disrespectful, I think, to a degree. You know, but I, I think the question is real. You know, I will say this in DaCosta's defense, or anything like. I don't think, you know, there's there's enough talent there in Baltimore at the receiver. I'm not. I don't look at them and go, oh man, they're just such issues there. You know, wow, they don't have any talented guys. I think it's more as a whole altogether. It's not just about like lack of talent at the this one position. Yeah, it's not like amazing. I get that. You know, but like you just said, Mike, I mean, first off, they're a running football team. That's the way they're built. They have a quarterback that has a special pair of legs that can run around just about anybody in football. So that's the way they're built. But the passing game, you know, hey, forget the receivers. All of it, all of it's unproven. You know, there's just no proven commodity at all in any aspect of the passing game. I think that's the big thing. You know, you could start with, hey, of course, Lamar. Yeah, he's not perfect yet. We've seen him get better every year. That's the one thing I think. If you are a, a wide receiver out there, or anything, you just go, well, it continues to trend this way. So that should be, you know, exciting for the receivers on their team. But they have, you know, of course, Lamar. Then receivers that are, yeah, there's some guys that are talent there. I mean, we saw Hollywood Brown, Duvernay. Uh, uh, uh you know what? Um, yeah, Devin Duvernay from Texas. He's got a little speed, all that. But like unproven commodities let alone I think their offensive coordinators a little bit of an unproven commodity as far as the passing game is concerned Greg Roman nobody's been writing home about his pass game and all the schematics throughout the years and doing all that either so I think it's it's a collective thing here in Baltimore you know I understand we want more talent at that position but I think all of it has to grow to make that position better uh, if that makes any sense there Mike.
1: And they do have players who are capable of playing at a high level. But if you're not throwing them the football because the offense isn't conducive to it because you're running the ball so effectively, you got one ball, you got 11 guys on the field, you got to figure out how to get the most out of it. And, you know, last year you were harping on the fact that they weren't finding ways to get the ball in the hands of Hollywood Brown. I remember he had the tweet after one of the losses where he, he was disappointed clearly that they weren't using him the way they should you'll find a way to get the ball in his hands even if it means lining him up in the backfield and flipping it to him and letting him take off with it that's the kind of creativity you need to bust out of that that mindset where we just need to keep doing what we do because what we're doing works well maybe it does but it's not going to work all the time it's not going to work when you come up against a team that's ready to stop it that's when you need to be ready to pivot to something else yes. and I think that is the challenge but when you look at this Ravens Depth chart at receiver. I mean, yeah, they 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 need help, and one of the reasons that none of these names stand out, other than Marquise Brown and really Sammy Watkins, is they don't get the opportunities. No, they just don't. I'm amazed to see Marquise Brown had
2: 965 yards last year. That's what I was I was going to be my next point to talk about. That to go, hey, as bad as it all was and everything like that, there he was, you know, one deep crossing route away from being a thousand yard receiver. You know, so he he is, you know. it's better than I think we're, we give it credit for sometimes in our own brain. I think the big thing with Baltimore is just we haven't seen them come through with the passing game in a big moment quite yet. That's the biggest question. I think once they start to do that a few times, that'll silence a lot of the talk around you know their passing game and do they have the receivers and all of that. But unfortunately for them, you know every game they lose, it's like, oh, wait, we can't run the ball that well and the pass game doesn't seem to ever bring them back to win the game. It's it's rare, is what I'm saying. So there's just that stigma out there. But you're right, and you know, again, hey, the tight end is really the focal point of the pass game, you know, but but I think what we saw at the end of the year, at least that was a good start to what you were saying. Get the ball to Hollywood Brown. Make somebody a focal point of the offense. Make a defense start to put their attention on one guy. And all the things you do to use him, that usually helps up open up other ideas, other avenues for other guys to get the football off of that. And I think that's what was missing from them for a little while, and maybe they can find that this year.
1: It's a delicate spot for them, too, as they try to figure out a long-term extension for Lamar Jackson. I think they'd like to sign him sooner rather than later. Those negotiations could get awkward because you know the flaws – in the offense, do you try to pin any of them onto Jackson? And when he tries to compare himself to Patrick Mahomes, well, there's differences in the game. And well, we really are, you know, we haven't seen the development we'd like as a passer. Whoa, 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 you know, yeah. time out. The offense isn't letting me pass the way that I'd like to. I'm capable of it. I've shown that I can do it. Don't give me that. It, it gets awkward, especially when the guy doesn't have a traditional agent and I don't know that he's hired one yet, but it's hard to have those conversations with the player directly when you want to kind of point out what would knock down the price tag that, that Lamar Jackson may be looking for, but he's a special talent. Yeah. He just hasn't been used the way that some of these other quarterbacks have been used. And, and I do think it's on Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator to a certain extent, Chris. I, I agree. I mean, they have to, they have to, it has, Greg
2: Roman has to grow. Lamar's going to have to continue to push the envelope as a passer, you know, just like anything he's not going to get faster as we go on here through his career. He's going to get slower he's going to have to depend on his right arm more, and of course he's taken a few hits already in his career, and you want to limit that as he gets older too to where he doesn't get beat up. Lamar'll have this in his favor always, at least for now when it comes to the contract talk. you know you know the first thing he's going to be able to say is of course um. You know, we win football games. We were number one seed, and we've been in the playoffs every year since I'm a starter. He was the MVP. The passing, the passing continues to go upwards, and even for the lack of passing, his NFL, you know, MVP year was. Let me just make sure I got this right: 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean that those are insane passing numbers. They're insane. And then even this past year, as much as it wasn't like an MVP type year, it was still. A quarterback rating that was just a little south of 100. It was 99 points something It was 26 touchdowns, throwing the ball, nine interceptions. There was still a lot of good. And the team is based around Lamar Jackson's talents right now. So that's where he's got them a little bit to where, yeah, they might want to make some of those arguments you're talking about but are going to have to be careful because he, he does have some leverage, I think, with,
1: with this situation. One last point in this regard. Yeah. John Harbaugh, one of the very best coaches in the national football league. Definitely. Without question. Definitely. Primarily a special teams guy in Philly. Had one year as a defensive backs coach before getting the job in Baltimore. And he has shown that every bit Mm. as good as advertised, if not better. Super Bowl championship, team contends pretty much every year. Yeah. But when your head coach isn't. A Sean Payton, when he isn't an Andy Reid, when he isn't an offensive mastermind, I think it becomes even more important that your offensive coordinator is one. And when you look at the offensive coordinators they've hired in Baltimore over the years, I'm kind of surprised they've been as good as they have. Yeah, Mark Tressman, Marty right. Morningweg. remember they fired Cam Cameron during the 2012 season and elevated Jim Caldwell, and that was the impetus yeah. to winning a Super Bowl. Right. So I, I I just, I think that, and see, the problem is in today's NFL, you get yourself a kick-ass offensive coordinator, he's gone. Yeah. You got to go find another one. Right. He's going to be a head coach somewhere else. So I, I just think that that's, that's part of the challenge here. And I don't want to put Greg Roman on the hot seat, but because the head coach isn't an offensive mastermind, it's got to come from somebody and it's got to come from the coordinator. And if the coordinator's not getting it done, you got to find another coordinator.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not ready to say that it's still a damn good offense, right? I just think we look at it and go, they got to grow in some areas. And you know, to, to your point, how like, much longer do you give them though? No, how much I know. Longer do you give You're them to right. grow? You're right. That's that's going to be the big thing. This is probably this is probably going to be a big make or break year for for Greg Roman and everything about that. You're right. To where if they fizzle out, you know, at the end of the year, Lamar doesn't show great progress of the passing game. Yeah, there could be trouble there. I I don't disagree with that. You know, the Baltimore, the one thing that allows them to get over some of the things you've talked about, right, like the offensive coordinators that are underwhelming, hey, they've done a great job in, you know, staying consistent with what they believe. They don't care about offensive fireworks. It's 20 years in a row now of like, hey, no, we play defense here in Baltimore and we collect the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet and we just, you know, kick your ass, for lack of a better saying on the field weekly that that's kind of the way they play so two, I don't need a better saying that's the best saying that is the best saying so that's where you want you want to go to like hey Baltimore fans you can't have it all you got an awesome quarterback an electric run game it's really good the defense is great it's one of the best teams in football they're still gonna be Um, but yeah they need that little aspect of their game I think for all of us to feel like okay wait that got a little bit better now watch out
1: they're a true Super Bowl contender and I have faith that this group can do that I do if the Ravens are looking to the draft to upgrade the receiver position they're in luck for the second straight year yeah the cupboard is full points bet has the odds on the first receiver to be drafted Chris and I think the primary candidates Jamar Chase of LSU Jalen Waddle of Alabama Devontae Smith of Alabama and also Rashad Bateman of Minnesota who opted out last year. He is the long shot at plus 5,000. So it's really down to Chase Smith and Waddle. Hey, uh, mm, sh- mm, mm. minus 800 for Chase, plus 700 for Waddle. I'd be inclined to put uh, uh, a few bucks on Jalen Waddle if I were a betting man. Over him, over that, over Devontae Smith. Yeah. You can, you think he's going to go off the board over Devontae? You think so, huh? I think if the Dolphins stay put and take the pick, and they take a receiver, I think they take Waddle over Chason Smith. That's what I think.
2: Wow, that would that would be big news. I mean, listen, the wide receiver conversation is going to be really, really interesting. I mean, that that's where I'm in, I'm intrigued. You know. One, I think both Devontae Smith and Jomar Chase are top 10 talents. I think Waddle's a little less than them in my eyes, but I know there's a lot that kind of have the same feeling like you, that he's right in the middle, he's right in the, the pack with the big two there. you know. But here's the big thing that I just go back to, at least with the wide receiver conversation, is the Bengals at five. That, that, to me, is going to dictate how these wide receivers fall in a lot of ways, right? We talked a little bit last week, like, do they take the tackle and Penny Sewell or someone like that, you know, protect Joe Burrow, holes for Mixon, you're in the AFC North that's got a whole bunch of bad dudes coming off the edge? Or do they just go, you know, like Kansas City approach and just go, we're going fireworks, we're going air show, we're going to get Jamar Chase and reunite Burrow with Jamar Chase and you're just going to, we're going to attack with the offense. I'm really intrigued with that first little topic there about what Cincinnati does at number five.
1: I think you got to protect Joe Burrow and they they are scarred by the John Ross pick one before the last guy trivia question. Who was the last guy drafted before Patrick Mahomes, John Ross by the Bengals in 2017 with the ninth overall pick. So I, I, and, and then you get T Higgins last year, not in round one and you know, the depth is there. I just think they're, they're better off waiting. Get the guy who could be your generational left tackle and keep Joe Burrow upright, for as long as possible, and and then you fill in those other spots later in the draft. I just think that makes too much sense for them to not do it. And they're very conservative in that way, very careful. Yeah, they do the smart thing. They go with the chalk. They don't try to get too outside the box. And I think the inside the box between the buoys position, Pene sewell I'm with. I'd be, I'm with I'd you. be very surprised yeah. if they don't take him. I'm with If you. he's there, like, if yeah. he's there, yeah. yeah. If he's right, there. Right. Would somebody t- could b- jump up to four and take him. You're it's right. It's so clear that they're looking at him. Somebody could just say, hey, Falcons, we'll come up and not to get a quarterback, we'll come up to get Sewell.
2: Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's a very interesting part of the draft. That's really where the draft is going to get interesting, right there at four and five. And Mike, I agree with you. I think that's the approach. You know, take Sewell, who to me looks like a really special left tackle. You know, I know he didn't play football last year and everything like that, but damn, is he big. Damn, has he got like some explosive quickness, everything like that, and he wants to hurt you. I mean, you can't really ask for anything more out of a left tackle. He wants to kill you, block for the quarterback, do all that. And, you know, to what you started off this conversation talking about, there's a lot of damn receivers in this draft. So Cincinnati sitting there at five can easily get one at 37 once again and get a good guy like they got T. Higgins
1: at the top of the second last year. So which one do you think is going to go first between Chase Waddle and Smith? I'm going to go with Chase. I think
2: I think it's really close. Like as I said with my rankings, like it was 1A and 1B right there. I think ultimately the teams, I think a lot of teams are going to have them neck and neck. I think the decision is just going to be and I hate to say this, but I think it's going to be part of the decision here when it comes to the first team that has to make it. I think Devontae Smith's size is going to scare the the lack of weight is going to scare decision makers. From taking him over Jamar Chase because they're just going to not want to hear the I told you so I told you he was too small I told you he was too skinny guys like that get hurt you know I think that's going to scare that first team off the you know off the board with the wide receiver and just they'll make it Jamar Chase
1: one factor that could affect Chase, yeah. and it shouldn't, right. but it could, is the fact that he opted out last year. I week. know. That could be a factor. Depending upon which team it is, that could be a factor. The
2: whole, this is why this is like the craziest draft ever, ever. I mean, the COVID opt-out, some guys that were awesome, that were injured. I mean, there's just so many scenarios that play into this draft this year. You're, you're exactly right. You know, I, I don't I don't know what that'll do for him. Either way, he looked really in shape and still explosive during that LSU pro day. And with the numbers he put up and the five ten five and the vertical and all that, he wasn't sitting on his butt eating
1: Doritos this whole time. He obviously was doing something. You throw in this wrinkle with the players staying away from the voluntary offseason program and the CBA as written is in place for another ten years you wonder whether the conversations happening in some draft rooms well if the guy opted out last year is this going to be a guy that we can count on to show up for the offseason program sure. and would we would we if all of the things are relatively equal fall toward the guy that we think is going to show up and is going to do what we want to do you know the coaches want the robots that's what they want right, right or wrong right. they want the guys who are going to do exactly what the coach wants to do and that can be a factor all right points bet has the over under for the number of receivers taken in round 1 at 4 Point five, which of the two ways would you go more ooh. than that or fewer? Mm. Okay.
2: No, I, I think right now as it sits, Ooh, that's, it's a, it's perfect. All right. So I really think, I mean, we, we saw the three, those three are going in the first round for sure. Chase, Devonte Smith, Waddle. Definitely. I would think Kadarius Tony from Florida is also going to go in the first round. He was the guy I had, I think, as my number uh, five receiver. But he more of like a weapon, you know, needs some polish. But, man, Mike, he's explosive. He can break tackles. You know, he can be that type of guy. So I'm going to say he goes. Those four for sure. I think Diami Brown is – diami Brown to me is a first-round wide receiver. You know, again, it's a little bit of the DK Metcalf thing. They were like, we didn't see enough of the route tree. He runs by everybody and he every plays against, and he catches bombs against everybody, but we need to see if he can go to the white line and make a right. We haven't seen that, so we're going <laughs> to drop him down. We haven't seen it, so we're going to drop him down around. I mean that that's, really, that's what happened with A.J. Brown and DK. Metcalf. It was like, "Wait, the greatest athletes on the planet, you don't think they can go there and make a right turn? like, what? Are you kidding me? It's overanalyzation. But I think ultimately, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to say those four I just said and either a Terrace Marshall or a De'Ami Brown end up going late in the first to make it five. But it's it, that's dicey one.
1: There's been so many occasions where you have uttered a word that sounds like a Simsism but ultimately ends up being technically accurate. I have a feeling Which that one? when we look up analyzation, when we look up analyzation, it will be regarded as a word on a website other than urbandictionary.com <laughs> i have a feeling i you the know i'm
2: just i'm so smart sometimes it just oozes out of me i just nothing i can do <laughs> you'll
1: be vindicated on 420 of all days for yes! coming up with a word that Woo! coincidentally <laughs> despite your lack of knowledge that it was a word is a word um i the the, the thing about the receiver position yeah that fascinates me more than anything else. The curse of being the first guy taken and the benefit that comes from not being the first guy taken. Sure. Because we've been talking chip on a shoulder this week. There's no chip on a shoulder like the chip on a receiver's shoulder who goes lower than he thought he should go. Yeah. I wasn't the first receiver taken. Justin Jefferson, extra motivation. No doubt. You around, too. Chase Claypool, Michael Thomas, extra DK motivation. Metcalf, right. That's going to be part of it, yeah, too. Yeah, right. So... So even and and you could take the same guys and you could flip it around and just the mere fact that a guy fell, that lights a fire that isn't gonna be there if he doesn't fall. So that's a factor in it as well. Let's take a break when we return. Alex Smith, the first overall pick back in two thousand five, calls it a career. We'll talk about that. Okay, it's life continues right after. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. Ha! Ah. Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango.
0: It's your ticket to the movies.
1: Alex Smith, first over, wait, before we get to that, analyzation is a word. It is a word. Official Merriam-Webster dictionary definition, analyzation. This is an incredible dynamic that we have learned. Every once in a while, Chris will use a word that as he uses it, it sounds like it's not an actual word, and the dictionary saves him. Please do not go to urbandictionary.com and type in analyzation. you will not get the same result. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> oh god. But but the official the official dictionary saves you again, Christopher. Thank you. I didn't it didn't save me. I didn't need saving there, you know. I like most of the there's English There's just no, no. Like there's most something of the about English, the delivery. Well, yes. When you're not sure it's a word, there's just something about it, the way it comes out, it's like I'm not so sure that it's a word. Well, most yes. of the
2: words that come out of my mouth, I'm not exactly sure if
1: they're coming. I've I really <laughs>
2: have learned the English language through like just listening and osmosis, and that's why I got you know some of these so so many of these uh, you know damn phrases wrong on, in on this. Here, no, you know what I just learned in I learned this one this weekend. Wait, is it hone in on your skills or home in on your skills? Like, do you know that? I I think I saw that it was home, and I've been saying hone for my whole life.
1: I always thought it was hone. Now you got me thinking. Do think I, it was hone or do I think it was home? I think I'm being set up. I, I don't know. No, I'm not it. trying to set you up. I promise you. So we'll we'll look hone. at that. Hone is right. Hone is right. It is home. hone. Hone is right. right. Maybe Analyzation I... is right, and hone is right. Okay, okay, good. Right, so I'm on All fire right. today. Good. Let's see what else. Well, not yet, but you will be eventually. You'll be blazing eventually. All right. Uh, Alex Smith retires after 16 NFL seasons. One of the most compelling stories we've seen ever as relates to a comeback, the horrific broken leg, the horrific series of infections and surgeries. And the guy first was going to lose his leg potentially, then we realize He could have lost his life. The images that are out there of what that leg looked like at one point from all of the surgical procedures and the complications and the infections, unbelievable that he was able to come back and play. Crowning achievement. Something he should never be forgotten for, and I think something we will all... People have suggested they should name the Comeback Player of the Year award after him, and I could get behind that. That's how impressive it was. But beyond that, the guy's been a damn good quarterback. Yeah. And he's been through that revolving door. Offensive coordinators, teams, good enough to get to playoff games. Had some great postseason performances that will be forgotten, unfortunately, especially since he'll primarily be remembered for his comeback from the leg injury. Yeah. But he decides to retire, Chris. Sounds like... There was no path to the field, and when there's no path to the field, there's a different level of compensation you're going to get, and given that the guy's made nearly $190 million, it's probably not worth it to do all the stuff you need to do to be a backup quarterback and get, what, three, $4 million max. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I would, I would think there wasn't a lot of play. You know, everybody would love to have a guy like Alex Smith on their roster. There's no doubt about that, but, you know, like we talked about a lot during the end of the year and everything like that, it just... It is a little scary. I, I know you and I were not alone in that thought and hoping that, like, hey, maybe I'd like to just see you quit. I'm, I'm nervous watching you play. I think there was that aspect. And I'm, I'm sure evaluators, of course, saw that same thing. And that that is scary that way. But, I mean, to, to the point here with Alex Smith, I mean, perseverance is what I'll think about with him always, you know, in two different ways. One, overcoming this injury, like what you said, is it's a great story. I could get behind him being, you know, the comeback player of the year name, too, behind that, all of that, too. But then even early in his career, the perseverance there, he was the number one pick in the draft. It was Strugglesville early on there with the 49ers. They weren't good. He looked like a bust for a first pick. All these issues, he kind of hung in there, continued to work. They get Jim Harbaugh. They finally get the team turned around, and it turned his career around. Because he continued to hang in there. And I, I, I respect that greatly. So I got great respect for the guy. And, uh, you know, congratulations on the retirement, Alex.
1: I think he had a different offensive coordinator pretty much every year from 2005 right. until 2011. Jim Harbaugh shows up. They get to the NFC Championship game. But for a couple of muff punts, they could have gone to the Super Bowl that year and faced the New England Patriots yeah. in Super Bowl 46. And that, the game before the nfc championship the saints game that divisional round contest was awesome yes it was one of those few games where as you're watching it you know this is special this is memorable the back and forth the great run by alex smith the saints stay in it the 49ers eventually win the game the touchdown pass to vernon davis just awesome stuff here's some of that game from 10 seasons ago. There he goes around the left edge for the long touchdown run and I mean the guy had determination, he had grit and he knew how to get the job done. And then and then he was done the next year. Colin Kaepernick comes in when he suffers a concussion and that's it. They move on to Kaepernick, he takes him to the Super Bowl, he gets traded to the Chiefs. Chiefs do well with him, and then they get Patrick Mahomes. thing, right. And he has one more year, and he gets traded to Washington, and then the injury happens. So he, he really did have an underrated career postseason. That game that – you know, the, the postscript on the game against the Colts in 2013 was the Colts came back from a 38-10 deficit in the second half. Yeah. He was great in that game. Yeah. Alex I- Smith was great in that loss.
2: Right. No, I, I know. I mean, there's, there's some memorable – there's some memorable moments as far as, you know, the playoffs. You know, the, the Saints game, like you just said, is the game that I'll always remember. If you give me one game to think about Alex Smith, that is going to be it. There's no doubt. So many big plays. It's a lot of fun to watch. You're right. As you were watching it, you're going, man, this is special. Can these teams keep answering each other all that? You know, and, and to you know, to his credit, yeah, he was dealt a big blow there. I mean, they were a Super Bowl team, obviously. And they thought Hey, they couldn't get over the hump, so they went with Kaepernick, and then really, it was the same thing that happened with him in Kansas City, and the guy just handled it as professional as you can in both in both instances, and just continued to move on with life and go other places and be successful and do that, and uh, you know the fact that he just always got up off the canvas, keeps fighting no matter what. I really respect that in any player or person, and that's really what Alex Smith stands for.
1: And it's this strange kind of curse that he had on his career where he was good enough to get you consistently in the conversation, Yep, but he was regarded in multiple places as not being good enough to get you over the hump. That's right. There are plenty of quarterbacks out there that would love to be that guy. Yeah. They're struggling just to be the guy to get you in the conversation. He's getting you well into the conversation. And, you know, it's almost like the mindset that John Elway had when he fired John Fox after getting close to the Super Bowl and getting to the, you know, you, yeah. you can't get me over the hump. You right. get me close, but you can't get me over the hump. Right. And that 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 fact that you're tantalized by being that close, it makes you impatient. And that's what happened in San Francisco. It's what happened. It didn't really happen in San Francisco the way it happened in Kansas City because they drafted Kaepernick before Alex Smith really took off. Right. But in Kansas City, that's definitely what happened. They... they did a a hard look in the mirror at the team and Alex Smith is good enough to keep us in this final eight. We need somebody who's going to consistently keep us in the final four and in the final two. And that's what they did.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, well, it makes you like, it makes you wonder how different things would have been, right? If there wasn't the drop punts in that NFC championship game, would the stigma and perception around him be different if they did get to the Super Bowl that year, you know, that to where maybe you don't, You know, you don't think that way of him going forward. And maybe the team doesn't think about, you know, Kaepernick starting that next year when when Smith does get hurt and all of those things. I mean, it it is definitely one of those what-if moments of his life. But, yeah, ultimately, I mean, I think you kind of hit it like he was really good. He could take you to the playoffs, but he needed a little help getting to the Super Bowl. He wasn't going to be the driving force to get that team there. And I think ultimately that's what made Kansas City – draft Patrick Mahomes right I mean it's that Pittsburgh playoff game if I remember correctly where it was a close football game but I can still remember watching film of that game going damn you know there was some plays there to be had they they, they probably should have won this game and all of that and I would think that's what led Kansas City and Andy Reid to go wait we need to find a little bit more of an aggressive big arm type quarterback and that's why they made the moves to to, to trade and get Mahomes in the draft.
1: That was the game that got moved to primetime yeah. because of an ice storm right. in Kansas City. It was a Sunday afternoon game on NBC, and it got slid into the evening. And, uh, yeah, and, and and that was a gutsy move that by was. Andy Reid. Wow. But uh, Alex Smith, an excellent quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks of the past 16 years. And I looked it up yesterday. Other than kickers and punters, because there's a few of them still floating around, 2005 draft with Alex Smith retiring. The three non-specialists who are left: Roger. Aaron Rodgers, right, Richie Incognito. Wow, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Whoa. and Frank Gore. Frank Gore signs with another team.
2: Okay, well, those are so there's some legends right there. Really, I mean, that really is some some big names, and yeah, that's that's a lot of a lot of football, a lot of football. And Richie Incognito, man, I I forgot he's that old. Holy cow, that's amazing that he's hanging around still.
1: All right. Let's take a break. When we return, in honor of 420, our draft, the best holidays that aren't actually holidays. Again, in honor of 420, Not a holiday, but a holiday. More PFT live right after this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> longer hair. Is that the longest your hair has ever been? No. Although I've seen some old clips from a couple of years ago. Now it was never as long as that. Whoa! That was before it started to retreat. The troops began to retreat at some point after that. Look at that. Damn. That's uh. Look at all. There's these. a lot of hair there.
2: Where'd you guys find these pictures? Holy cow! A lot of hair there too. Look at that. See, I That's told you. That's
1: that. That is a 420 photo. If wow. I've ever seen one. Well, There's plenty there too. Yep. All these photographs of Christopher Sims. There he is. Uh, that holy uh, crap, late in his career, and when what the world? hell was that? Now that is a that is called the laissez faire. That's okay. right. Damn, what I look like? I got <laughs> like
2: ketchup on the left of my cheek there.
1: What the uh, hell?
2: That I don't even know where that one is. I can't honestly remember that one. So that's uh,
1: Looks good like job. You stuck a fork in a lock, a light socket before that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> So uh, the NFL draft is kind of like a holiday. So today is kind of like a holiday. I don't know. I don't know how subtle to be with this. I give up. Anyway, best holidays that aren't actually holidays, Chris. You get to go first.
2: Well, I I mean, I'm going to pick this one right here to start it off. Sorry. I mean, yeah, I'm not being subtle about this or anything. Yeah, 420 is a pretty damn good unofficial holiday. That's not really a holiday. It's a good one. You know, hey, it's – it's people having fun and getting the munchies and doing whatever else so for a for a holiday that's not an official holiday there's nothing really bad to be taken away from this one and everybody chills out and has some fun and gets the munchies okay so that that can't be all that much of a disaster 420 is pretty good
1: See, I was chastised for not being subtle enough. There, it's out the window. It's gone. This is why we're doing the draft. All right, it's a football show. Super Bowl Sunday, it's not a holiday, it's not on the calendar. There's nothing that tells me that Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday. It clearly is a holiday. It's a day that stands out on the calendar. It is a day that overtakes your entire experience. The whole day leads up to the game that starts somewhere between 625 and 635 Eastern every year. It is a special day. It's so special we're trying to make it land on a weekend that has a holiday on the back end of it. So when we overindulge on the day itself, we can recover on the holiday. Yeah. What holiday is actually used as recovery from the day before? That's the day. So President's Day Sunday weekend.
2: Let's go. We need that to happen, NFL, so we don't have to feel like crap on, on Monday mornings. I, I, I'm with you there. You know, that was probably, probably going to be my next pick. I think the next one I'm going to have to go. I'm probably going to go with week one of the NFL season to start that off. I mean, that initial Thursday or Sunday, I don't know. It doesn't get any more exciting than that. I, I get like chills just thinking about it right now. I always love that time of the year. I love fall. Of course, I love football, everything like that. That just feels like it's like the kickoff of a new year, new football school just started for the kids, all of that. The leaves are changing colors to me like that first, first Sunday is uh, special.
1: Now, now I'm going to pivot away from football and I'm going to address this literally. And I think I've cracked the code. I think the ultimate holiday that doesn't feel like a holiday is your birthday. Whenever your birthday is, unless it also happens to be Christmas or New Year's or some other holiday, July 4, your birthday feels like a holiday, even though it isn't. I'm with you. I wrote that down, too. I mean,
2: yeah, it's a holiday for you, right? Screw everybody else. All right, you give me (laughs) gifts? I don't got to give you any. What a great day this is. It's all about me, 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 me. So I'm with you there. All right, I'm going to go something along that that spirit uh, there too. Snow day. I mean, snow day as a kid? Come on. Was there anything better? You know, up here where I grew up in in New Jersey, like they played that loud siren at like 6 o'clock in the morning. And if it went off, that meant you had no school. I mean, if you knew it snowed the night before, I would set my alarm for like 5.58 just to make sure I could hear that damn siren go off to know we didn't have school. Nothing's better than that. When you think you got school and you don't because of the snow.
1: I always thought the siren was the Russians put the missiles into the air. That's what I always thought. See, you well, grew up in the 70s. Back in your day. What, and, and let me tell you. Back in the seventies, when you're growing up, anytime you hear that you siren, did. you think it's time to you duck go into and the cover, desk, which, right, right. which doesn't work. Right. <laughs> which stop. <laughs> Just stop with the music. Um, yeah, I, I. And since we're playing the music, you know, now you get it instantaneously. They send you text messages when school's closed. We used to have to turn on the radio, and you'd listen and listen until they got to the point. And of course, they dragged it out so you'd keep listening to the radio right. station. And eventually, they'd run through the list. And that feeling. When your county, I know, was closed for the day, right? That was awesome. Right? I still, my kid hasn't been in school, you know, that would be affected by snow day. High school six years now. Yeah. Um, I still get a little excited when there's a snow day. Yeah, I hear of course, you. The last year, the last year's basically been a continuous snow day. It's That's enough. Kind it's enough take, snow that, days. that kind of yeah caused the allure of the snow day to disappear. All right, last one for me, and I could have gone different directions. First night of the draft, kind of feels like a holiday. Day after Thanksgiving. Used to not be a holiday, but it basically is. I, I I'm not doing justice to this draft if I don't say every Friday for Chris Sims, that's a holiday. It's a great that's, day. That's your it holiday. is every
2: Friday. Let me roll around work. in bed. Let me see. Let me wait. Hold on. Let me go to PFT. Let me see. Did these idiots talk about anything interesting? Why I wasn't there? Oh no. Okay. All right. Let's get up
1: and <laughs> let's
2: get up and have breakfast. It's great. You're right. It's an awesome day. You know, I mean, listen, I'll tell you one holiday that I hate, that I I might have had more fun with that draft. I don't like Valentine's Day. Okay, that's one where I'm, I'm, is that a real holiday? Does that consider, because I was, I don't know what that's considered, but I don't like that one. That one's the worst one to me out of all holidays. I just had to get that off my chest.
1: I don't think it's a holiday, technically. Yeah, right. I wasn't sure. Is what? that because you're expected to do something? It's just like, it's spouse? all that just you a don't bunch like
2: it? of like BS and fake and, oh my gosh, let's go out for a couple's dinner. Half these people here are going to be divorced in the next year, but they love each other so <laughs> oh, much geez. on this day.
1: <laughs> my I, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let them enjoy their Screw you, Valentine's until they're
2: divorced Day. Screw you. I hate that day. <laughs>
1: the, the MDS did the calculation with. 17 regular season games yeah there will be years when the super bowl does land on president's day weekend the way president's day weekend works it's the third monday in february but the only way that works Mm. is super bowl on valentine's day so so i i guess you'll get the double whammy those years you get the super bowl on the holiday weekend and you don't have to worry about fulfilling any obligations in your relationship because you're busy. You're working. All right.
2: I'll get her, uh, uh, you know, I'll get my wife a chocolate chip cookie, the shape
1: of a football and (laughs) say happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a break. You got any other holidays that were in the tank that didn't make it?
2: I mean, Groundhog Day is kind of like cool. I thought like, I mean, it's just like you're looking forward to spring or winter. Last day of school. Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't think of that one. All right, yeah, those are good. I had April Fools written down too. I mean that was fun as a kid, not anymore. It's not
1: a holiday. Yeah. Not anymore. No, yeah. God no. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after. <laughs> Trey Lance Pro Day two yesterday. More and more of the top quarterbacks having a second pro day because they can't have private workouts due to the pandemic. Lance could go as high as three in theory. Yeah. Although, even though he was the betting favorite at one point to be the third overall pick, he's, he's not now. Four, I think, is his ceiling to the Falcons or someone who would trade up right? Do you agree? I would agree. I would. Yeah. I mean, you know,
2: listen, I, they Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, they were there yesterday. I'm sure they're still tossing around the idea of Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance has a lot to like. You know, he's got some legit, legit elite traits. His arm is really powerful. His running is special. It is. But he hasn't played football in a long time, Mike. And even within that, like we talked about, you know, he didn't have to ever really carry the team or be the focal point of the team or have a two-minute drill, Mike. I mean, he's never had a two-minute drill in college. You know that? I mean, he's never had that. Wow. So those are the things. Again, I love the talent, but scare me. And then here's another aspect too, Mike, that I think people aren't talking about. So wait, you're gonna get Trey Lance, you're gonna draft him at four, and then what? Put him behind Matt Ryan, and then he's not gonna play football for another year? You know, this, to me, that I, I don't I don't that doesn't sound like a number four pick to me. I love his talent. I just think there's things that scare me a little bit, and that's why I wouldn't quite pick him
1: there. Peter King pointed out yesterday in Football Night in America that Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, is fascinated by this class of quarterbacks. And it was 13 years ago when the Falcons were torn between Matt Ryan and Glenn Dorsey, who ended up not living up to the potential of a top five pick. He was fifth overall to the Chiefs that year. But Blank wanted new quarterback, new face of the franchise. They were recovering from the Mike Vick fiasco, and it worked out well with Matt Ryan. And the thing is, for the Falcons, you're not going to be in this spot very often, I know. where you get one of the top quarterbacks. They could always trade up like they did. They traded way up to get Julio Jones in 2011. But th- that's got to be part of right. this analysis. Do you go with a guy who then would develop quietly yeah, right. for a year or two and then become your quarterback? And it may just be one year. We, we talked about I know. that Matt Ryan cap number next year. And after this year, I think you make the decision remove the band-aid, and move on, or or renew your vows with Matt Ryan and keep him around for five more years. I don't think there is a kick that can continue under the current contract in 2022.
2: No, I, I'm with you, and, and I will say, and again, it's not like it, it's not always easy to say this, but I, I'm a little bit right now in the era we're in, with as many quarterbacks as we see in a year-to-year basis. There's movement in free agency. Like I would start to tend to like. I wouldn't be thinking about two or three years down the road anymore with quarterbacks. I would not. I think that's gone. I think that was kind of an old school thought. Like you're going to draft one at four, throw them in there, get them playing. They need to play, you know. So that that would be my my thought on that a little bit. But Atlanta is really interesting. They really are, because I mean, Mike, what do you do? I mean, yeah, there's a talented guy. You could take him at four, have a quarterback for two years from now, or do you take a guy like Kyle Pitts and go wait? mess around with these weapons we got on offense now and see where it goes from there it's it's a it's a tough decision no doubt what would you do
1: if you get I mean, it's a tough call because yeah. if you get the great quarterback the position is I settled know. for 13 or more years like right. it was with Matt Ryan so you got to do your evaluation if you believe in that guy then I think you got to take that guy even if it creates an awkward transition that's it for today's PFT live see you tomorrow have a great day see ya.